heard again. People abuse themselves with food because they don't know they deserve better. People abuse themselves because they've been abused. They become self-loathing, unhappy adults, not because they've experienced trauma, but because they've repressed it. But curing compulsive behavior is not enough. The next step is to engage deeply with ourselves and with other people, to open our hearts and let love in. This audiobook is about taking that step. I fell in love for the first time when I was in sixth grade. His name was Martin Levy, and he was a senior in high school. I started dieting the same year I met Martin. At first, I believed that if I were thin, I would be beautiful, and that if I were beautiful, Martin would take me seriously. After he graduated, I just wanted to be beautiful. And for the next 17 years, my main passion in life was not a relationship, but my weight. Many other dramas were playing themselves out before me. My parents were desperately unhappy. My first real boyfriend died of cancer. But through it all, I built a cool blue shelter in my body that promised a life of tenderness and beauty if I could just get thin. Thirteen years ago, I stopped dieting and lost 40 pounds. I wrote a book about it. I talked on television about it. I wrote another book about it. I waited for tenderness and beauty to sift through my cool blue shelter. And then I realized that beneath my longing to be thin was the belief that being thin would mean being in love. Suddenly I wanted a partner as much as I had wanted to be thin. In many ways, I was still the 15-year-old, whispering in a darkened room to my friend Jill about falling in love and the passion that accompanies it. I think it must be the most wonderful feeling in the world, Jill said. You look into his eyes, he looks into your eyes, and you both moan. For a moment, the two of you are one person. Can you imagine anything better? No, I murmured, I can't. I fell asleep dreaming of a man with curly hair and nickel-round eyes. Nineteen years later, I was still dreaming about him. Then I met Matt. I heard him speak at a conference at which we were both presenters, and I was enchanted. For eight months, I woke up singing. I liked myself better when I was with him. I was kinder, calmer, happier. I was pulsing with love, blooming with light. And then slowly, I came back to myself. Someone once came to a workshop after she had lost 75 pounds on a diet. She stood up and with her voice shaking said, I feel like I've been robbed. My best dream has been taken away. Now I don't have getting thin to look forward to. After waiting all our lives for tenderness and beauty to arrive in the form of being thin, or being in love, it can be devastating to discover that neither one can be found in either one. Not when the expectation is that we will lose ourselves or find ourselves. Compulsion is despair on the emotional level. The substances, people, or activities that we become compulsive about are those that we believe capable of taking our despair away. Despair. I felt it first as a child. 
I look at my life now. There is nothing to despair about. But sometimes everything around me will turn to clay. It is nine months after my first date with Matt. We are at LaGuardia Airport. Our plane has just landed from Bermuda. We are walking to the taxi stand where he is going to get a cab into New York City and I am going to get a bus to Rhinebeck. I am dreading the separation because it strikes a familiar terror in me. I don't want him to leave. If you leave, I will have nothing left. I was three years old. She was getting ready to walk out the door. I started to scream. If you leave me, Mama, nothing will be left of me. Matt and I have arrived at the taxi stand, and he turns to say goodbye, bends his face to mine to kiss me. The panic is trapped in my throat, a blackbird thrashing.